Episode three of What Are the Odds? I'm Gordon, and to my left is Baz, and unfortunately, I'm not DJ Khaled this week. As uh, as I warned you last week, sometimes you know, take the highs and they come, take the lows and they come. To use a, to use a football cliche, it's never as good as it's going. You never think it's going as good as you think it's going. It's never going as bad as you think it's going. Um, and that's lucky because my Richmond fan it went pretty bad on the weekend. Um, so, Baz, let's start with your weekend first, because I think that you've had a much more enjoyable weekend than I have. Yeah, well, it started well on Friday night. Yep. With Adelaide getting over the line. Just, in, on your bet terms. That yeah. was That was much closer than, that was much closer to my audacious bet than it was your, your quite safe one. Yeah, well, under, the unders was, was good, and um, obviously Adelaide won. The, the unders was in trouble if Western Wales could kick straight. They, yeah. they butchered it a fair bit, and, you know... I couldn't believe half time. I was thinking, you know, this would be a good game. I caught everything right, and then you know, they, the doggies won the clearances, forty-two to twenty-one, and a contested possession, more inside fifties. But somehow they got blown away by was it thirty or forty points, which I couldn't believe it. But anyway, it, it helped me out. But best bet got up. Um, the other one I had was Gold Coast and Sydney, and Sydney. Again, at quarter time, I thought it looks good. You know, Sydney 20 to 39 points, but then Gold Coast were insipid um, and Sydney just absolutely smashed them. I don't think Gold Coast scored for 70 minutes. They did not, no. It was uh, it was much of a worm as opposed to just the uh, the profile of Aptuaz on the uh, on the scoring apps. It was, yeah, it was bad. It was a terrible game. Um, but that's that's just where Gold Coast are at. That's where Sydney is at, more importantly. Yes, yes. But I did give you one for your Maldives Royal Symphony. Symphony that absolutely shut it in and is now going to the paddock and might have been sold by Hong Kong during the week but during you know the stud deal might come up so they're keeping it here thankfully bullish stock was rubbish uh, Luke Nolan poor ride rough justice the last hundred did catch it out in the end like I said last week but I did give you the Quinella I said you know Duke of Brunswick ability chuck those in a you know, a few exotics with Rough Justice. I gave you Quinella, which paid $17, I think. And the thug did not run at Flemington on Saturday. Got scratched, but it ran today. And if you got top five place, uh, it was about $6 the place. So it ran second. So hopefully you might have black booked it when I told you about it last yeah. week. Up the thug, up the thug. So uh, crossing over to mine, uh, it wasn't actually a terrible weekend because I didn't lose any money. Um, just a lot of crosses against my names for recommended bets. So I had Adelaide uh, to win at the line, which they did, but also go over, and again, the Bulldogs cost me, and they've just gone further and further into my negative black books. They've, yeah, I got very angry about the Bulldogs on the weekend. Um, I shout the barb out was Liam Jones, 10 marks, and despite Carlin playing actually pretty good football and almost pinching one off Melbourne, he did pretty much nothing. He did barely even touch the ball, so... No shout in the bar there, but my multi saved me, sort of. Um, Shevenko's fight in very weird circumstances got scratched. I don't know how you really scratch a fight, but yeah, her opponent knew it. Has just said, nah, not feeling it, not coming to work today. And everyone's like, okay. <laughs> She's like, no, I'm, I can't, I'm not going. And it's like, okay, all right. So money back for that. And uh, Whitaker came in with the goods. Um, despite essentially a broken leg, uh, and got the decision on points. So he covered my weekend, and um, it's all good. Did, I just saw the UFC and, and boxing and the sorts. Did you watch the McGregor oh, yes. the stuff today? Oh, there's like that alone with a reason why people watch this fight. There's some people who's a bit, it's a bit facetious because I reckon he's going to actually be a pretty good chance of getting a sneaky knock it in first three rounds. I'll talk about that closer at the fight, but like people will just watch it for this, like. If you haven't done already, sign up, sign up to their Instagram accounts because every day is just intense. How's his suit? <laughs> his suit was amazing. It's just to swag off. You've never seen two bigger dickheads in the world just try and out dickhead each other. It's amazing. It's just... It's great. It's swag nation. It's, it's what you want from... Hopefully some good documentaries come with this as well. Pre-fight. Pre-fight, post-fight. Yeah. Ten years down the track. Yeah. Reunion fights. Yeah, that'll be good. I'm definitely looking forward to that more than what I was. Yeah, excellent. 
So I'm going to change things up slightly this week with a little segment of our name, Monica, called What Are The Odds? So the whole point of this was just taking some like hot topics from around the world in sports and making our own uh, book on it, essentially. And we'll check back in uh, pre and post event to see how far off we were. Um, so first one was yesterday was the All-Star Home Run Derby. And uh, man of the hour in baseball, Mr. Aaron Judge, just creamed, creamed some creamed some balls a long way. Like, to hit the back wall of Marlins Stadium is, is just utterly bizarre. So on the back of that performance and on the back of the Yankees' pretty good start to the season, what do you reckon the, uh, the, what would you reckon the odds for the Yankees to win the World Series this year? No. There's just no, what, none? No. Zero. Like, what, what would the odds be? Like, we're talking fives, talking tens? You're talking... Um, they're probably... I haven't even had a look, but if you looked at it, you're probably getting around the five, six dollar mark. Yeah. I know Boston's around that mark, probably a bit shorter. And I just don't think the Yankees are good enough. Yeah. I don't, and I, a bit like Richmond, I hate them. Yeah. So I can't even say yes if I wanted to. Um, I think there's too many better teams in the, in the league. Uh, Boston, they're doing pretty well with their pitching, um, with Price getting back up and about again as well, Sale. Um, and, you know, there's other teams in the league. The American side. I mean, I know Houston have got a pretty weak sort of West region, but they're flying. And the National League got Washington and and the Dodgers. Although Kershaw doesn't do that well in the postseason, but I mean, I think he rectified that last season off memory. But um, yeah, no, I can't see the Yankees winning it. Um, they're still got to make the wild card. So I mean, I know they're still seventy odd games to go. <laughs> it's a very long season. They're already four, nearly four games behind Boston for the Eastern uh, League. So, you know, and they'll be second or third in the wild card, I reckon, behind the, the Angels and Minnesota. So, um, yeah, no, I don't think they even make the playoffs, to be honest. No, very true. I reckon much the same. It's great to see Judge just be smashing it. But, like, realistically, I'd have Yankees at 30s, 30s and 40s yeah. to try and win the World Series. Um, yeah, if you're a Yankees fan, A, you're an idiot, but B, enjoy their home runs. Um, and just join a real, like, don't be a bandwagoner. Get a, follow, follow up properly and get a real team. We do play New York, or the Yankees, over the next three games, um, which would be interesting to see how we go. Now I've just absolutely smashed them. But yeah, I think, you know, Boston should be even longer odds than what we are. Yeah. But I'm pretty happy with where we sit at the moment. Oh, very good. Uh, so across the, uh, Across the ocean, we'll head over to England now, and the man who just seems to make headlines in England, no matter what he does, good or bad, hair or no hair, uh, Mr. Rooney is back, going back to his origins, he's going back to the land of the Toffees. It's like Gary Ablett returning to Geelong. It is, it is. And like, he, he played how many games there? Like, he played barely any, he left as like a 19 year old. Uh, yeah, he, he played for three se- or two or three seasons, definitely. Yeah. Um, and, you know, did well and was forever a blue. And he did leave to go to United, but as you heard in his video, he still wears his Everton pajamas. Uh, I'm not. I was pretty disappointed when he left Everton. I'm a massive Everton fan, by the way. Um, I was pretty disappointed and did follow him a little bit, but now he's back. It's like a. I feel alright again. Shrek's back. Um, hopefully, he stays away from the grandmothers, and he's all good. And, and he's going to wear the number ten, which is great. I don't. I don't know how much he'll have to play full-time whether you'll start a lot or not um, I, I hope I think he's more going to be a leader um, in the change room the old change room leader change room leader culture man I still think he has a lot to give whether he starts week in week out and will score many goals I don't know but he'll be one of looks like he's gone for a bit of a shotgun approach Coman with replacing Lukaku mm. and getting in some players who can who can score and assist and have more than one uh, threatening option up front and I'm not really a, a massive fan of uh, losing Ross Barkley but if we did and we got Sigurdsson uh, I'm not very good at English by the way speaking the English language um, I don't think I, I like that either I'd definitely rather Garut so um, yeah See, I've still got Robles is probably on his way out as well, so um, we'll see what happens. There you go. So, what would you reckon would be the, uh, the odds for Everton finishing top four this season, given you know some romantic uh, transfer decisions, but probably not really. Dollar one. Dollar one to make top four. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> when you live your life as an Everton fan, yeah, you're used to a pre-season build-up. 
yeah. and disappointment. Yeah. So you're currently, you're on the wave at the moment. You're about to get dunned, but you're on the wave. Been speaking to a few Everton mates of mine who live over here, Englishmen. We go watch them a fair bit. And we are so excited. Like, I couldn't care about Collingwood anymore. I'm yeah. so excited, but I'm just really worried about <laughs> how disappointed I'm going to be come next March. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, semi-realistically, you reckon you make the top top four Champions League spot? I'd hope we would. And I hope you know I'd miss out and so does Lukaku. There you go. Um, so, yeah, currently the book says $9.50... And you're way back from the top six. So City, Chelsea, United, Liverpool, Tottenham, Arsenal. The big, the, the new big six. Very ironic to see our Tottenham in, in the big six, but there they are. Well, Tottenham really won it. I know, but just the, the thought of Tottenham being a big oh, six. Oh, I hate Tottenham. I, I hate Liverpool the most, but Tottenham is up there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they're all in the dollars, under $2. And then underneath that is you guys at $9.50. And then after that, it's just... Acres and acres and acres of space. It's going to be a great season, I think. With, I mean, if our signings come off, yeah. yeah um, Liverpool hopefully miss out. United hopefully miss out. Um, and yeah, all goes great. Chelsea fall on their ass or something. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, you see a little top four spot. Hopefully. There you go. Well, I think the cheeky one to look out for, I reckon, would be Bournemouth to finish top six. Ridiculous, but long odds. But stranger things have happened again. It just involve, it would just involve clubs like Liverpool doing what they did last year and just losing games they shouldn't, like losing away to Watford or yeah, losing away to Swansea. That to kind Brighton, of stuff. So, yeah, to Brighton, to Huddersfield, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it it should be actually one of the more exciting Premier League seasons, uh, yeah, in the last five or ten years. So we'll head across now to the uh, cricket, the endless summer sport. And we've got two massive hot topics. The first one is uh, the debacle that is the Sri Lankan cricket, I suppose, organisation, the structure. Um, they're in they're in deep strife now. Players are leaving, quitting to just play pro or just giving up. Um, guys who are criticising their their respective boards are being told, "No, sorry, you can't play. You, you can't criticise us, regardless of how much we've we've mucked up." So what are the chances, do you reckon, that Sri Lanka doesn't make the next World Cup? Well, it's very tight. You're relying on the West Indies who are in the same boat. So I feel sorry for these sort of countries where money isn't great. Mm. They make more money playing T20 cricket all around the world. So it affects them as a country playing Test cricket. And obviously now playing one-day cricket, who would have seen Zimbabwe beating Sri Lanka on home soil? And now Sri Lanka are in, in trouble to miss out on the next World Cup. If the if it comes to the top eight teams qualifying automatically, Western is now only six points behind them on the ladder on the table, and you'd back the West Indies to beat Zimbabwe if, when they play them next. And Sri Lanka probably don't look like beating anyone above them at the moment. I mean, they might, I can't believe Zimbabwe is at five dollars to win the to win the test the one-off test match over there. I wouldn't mind having a go at that myself, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Matthews has just stood down as captain for more three formats. They yet to name uh, replacement captain, replacement, yeah. and it just seems like they're in a bit of a, a debacle at the moment, which isn't far away from cricket Australia. But yeah, mm. yeah, cricket, cricket in general is at a scary time, especially in sports where the big US sports are becoming more globalized. You know, lots of if I was a cricketer now, I'd be. If I was a young cricketer, 14, 15, 16, if I was any good at AFL, I'd be going straight up to AFL. Or if I was any good at any other kind of cricket-ish sport, so baseball especially, I'd be going, you know what? If I, like, Australian baseball, the ABL is actually taken off. A lot of kids are getting drafted to college from from that ranking. So I'd be going there and being like, even if I only play minors, I can hustle the minors for, this, for more than what I get for a state contract. Yeah. And I'm guaranteed to play, and there's essentially there's the, the seasons all year round. So yeah, I, it's a very scary time for the the minions or the, the minnows, but it's also a scary time for for the like the Australian, the English boards, and South African boards, and all that kind of stuff. Where yeah, they really have to be like, we have a product that we want to protect, or we're going to lose our little foothold in the 
in the sporting landscape. I was watching a documentary on Netflix during the week uh, about Australian sports, and one of the guys did say that cricket is probably the biggest, under the biggest threat from all the way the world's changing, you know, with your devices and people want quick fixes, they don't want to sit there and, and all that stuff, and cricket was probably the one that they said, you know, politically, with the way it's run with the BCCI and, you know, the top four countries really, and how the minnows are struggling, and the money's not there, it's, it's almost getting to a point where do we just bring all the money together and pay each country out of that and have like one big cricket pool, so it's like, you know, yeah. EPL or not even sorry not EPL a bit like an A League it's it's run by one one governments and they just spread the the money separately even the AFL mm. you know there's a you know, there's a tax for how wealthy you are in the AFL which Collingwood has to pay each year but it's another thing but yeah that sort of thing to keep cricket alive because it's it's seriously you know a bit of shock. Mm. I suppose the other method as well is you just go down the proper professional routes and you go and you have an actual league. And franchises and let the owners make money off that and then you just limit your country's play to the four-year cycle of a world cup and that sort of thing yeah but then cricket's, cricket's the unique aspect where you know test cricket goes for five days logistically how do you have a league where games go for five days that kind of thing and yep. then how do you make your money off the television and all that kind of stuff so it's yeah it's it's hard and cricket's not a sport that was designed to make money like baseball was nfl was basketball was that's why they have hundreds of games a year and it's all done around ratings and where the TV is sitting and all that kind of stuff whereas yeah cricket was just a nobleman's game made in England they played in their spare time because they literally didn't have jobs they didn't need to have jobs so yeah yeah, maybe it is time that yeah cricket's gonna turn into something else or only become T20 or yeah who knows but yeah it's a scary time for, for cricket fans so Watch that space. Yeah, Sri Lanka, three dollars, four dollars to miss, I reckon. And what do you reckon the odds are of Australia boycotting the summer? Unlikely. I, I heard this morning that BCCI are coming down and threatening Cricket Australia to sue them for the TV revenue they will miss out on. Not only for Australia's heading to India in October for some one days, but also for the Ashes because it's a big rating thing in India. They love their cricket and TV rights is massive over there. So I think Cricket Australia would all of a sudden be very scared. That's a lot of money. Yeah. It'd almost be worth signing the deal, whatever the players want, not to get sued by the BCCI. So um, I reckon it'll be sorted out. Whether it'll be sorted out in time for the Bangladesh tour, I doubt the Australia tours are being called off. I reckon I reckon it'll be done around you know, September-ish. They've had the meeting today again with the players and Cricket Australia, so hopefully it gets sorted out soon. But... I reckon it's a dollar fifty that it will go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, yeah, it's a do- it's 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 a black caviar odds there. Like, there's no way that that cricket Australia is going to allow the Ashes not to be played. If if it doesn't get played, that or seriously, that'll be That's the death done. of Australian it's cricket. Done. Australian yeah. cricket will be gone. Yeah. Yeah. This is one of the odds footy forecasts for round seventeen with Gordon Meredith and Brian Randall, brought to you by Sporting Chance magazine. I'll start off with a Friday night game, which is very, very interesting. St Kilda versus Essendon. What are we doing on this one? I'm not touching it from a betting perspective, except for probably overs. Um, I had a look into this play. Eddie had, uh, I think the total was 183 points. Both teams like possess the footy and move it quickly. That was what St Kilda's tactic was last week, listening to Sir Ross on the radio. Um, they just didn't want to have any stoppages or... Exactly, yeah. So that Martin and, and Koch didn't have any influence on the game. They just wanted to keep the ball moving at all times. And they certainly did that. And it worked, and Richmond were very Richmondy, um, as we discussed <laughs> last week as well. They're both top five in the disposal efficiency, so I reckon we'll see a really skillful, quick game that Eddie had. Um, bit bruise-free, as both teams aren't high, or Essen especially aren't high in the, in the tackling terms. They're below league average, secure a bit above... But um, I reckon 183 points over is the best bet. Otherwise, I just watch and 
I reckon it'd be a pretty skillful, good game. Yeah. I reckon I wouldn't go... There have both been situations this year when Sinclair and Essendon have been unable to score. So I feel like because they want to play that bruise for your footy, if they, go, if they go looking for pockets inside 50, they often don't... If they don't find a target, they don't get the stoppage, so they don't get that chance to score again from a second chance. Um, I think last week showed that St Kilda probably have more forward options than most people give them credit for. Um, and St Kilda, I think Essendon relied too heavily on too few. Um, so for this, if, if St Kilda turn up like they did last week, uh, the line at four and a half is not enough. So I'd be going at the line for St Kilda. But I don't, I don't know if that's a big scoring or a low scoring game. So my bet would be St Kilda at the line. St Kilda, like when they beat JWS, they, they played Carlton the week after and did a good job on them. Yeah. And then they fell away for a few weeks. So whether last week was their GWS, this week, they should, like if they want to play finals... Yeah, this is another, this is another game that they have to win. Yeah, and both have pretty smallish like runners around the floor, like your Fantasia and your uh, Tipper, your Grish, uh, Grisham, sorry, and your, your Billings, that sort of stuff. So it'd be pretty, pretty good to watch that as well. But I think... If I was going to have to bet head-to-head, I'd go the Saints just for the fact that it's, there's more on the line for them. Top eight, Essendon lose. I suppose they're out of the finals chase, but yeah, definitely um, the Saints off last week. was Yeah, and definitely in, in terms of the uh, percentage effect it has on the top eight, I think, according to some models, it's yeah, St. Kilda win this, their chances go up by 25%. So that's a pretty, pretty important and a pretty important impressive number that if they get this win they're essentially like yeah we're a, we're a final side especially after last week so then to, sun, uh, then to Saturday afternoon the old school clash Geelong versus Hawthorne anything in this after Hawks just just hanging on I think they, they, they're not going away they're not going to make finals but they're not they haven't fought, that art hasn't fought out of Hawthorne yet which is surprising Oh, I said last week, like some of the changes that Clarko has been making positional wise has just been pretty good. Like Jarae's gone forward, um, Sisley's gone back from last week, and they've moved a few other players around in different positions. Um, and it's really worked for them. Also, they're starting to move the ball a lot quicker and a lot more direct. They're not playing their usual um, hit up sort of possess, move the ball, that sort of way. They're actually being a lot more quicker this year and a lot. They're moving the ball and scoring with less disposals, if you know what I mean. So they've changed that from round, I think it's round four. Mm, so yeah. definitely been a game plan change by Kaiko to suit the team he's got. And obviously he's flipped around a few few players, which has really helped. I know Hodgie retired this week, but surely the Cats, they have too much to play for. If they win this and you know, Adelaide have, probably have a you know, 60-40 game and I think the other team is Jeremy West, definitely a 50-50 game. Geelong and this, they go at the top of the ladder and they will want some percentage as well. So the Cats have scored seven times over 100 this year. They smashed them in early in the year on uh, Easter Monday. The line's 15 and a half, that looks pretty good. Or you can multi-Mitchell and Dangerfield to get over 30 uh, posies in the same game multi and you would get around $2 plus the Cats to win as well. So 250 I think it was, sorry. If you get Cats to win... Uh, Mitchell and Dangerfield over 30 bang you've got your money so also just a quick one I, was, I reckon Mitchell is a definite top three Brownlow contender. Tom Mitchell yep no way gets the over 30 touches nah. a week he's starting to kick a few goals nah bit of media hype nah I reckon he's a top three contender there you go hot watch, take. watch this space well talking of hot takes uh, going back to the old mega bets there's a mega bet floating around this week for Hodge to have 30 plus and Hawthorne to win. How much of the uh, post-retirement uh, hype do you reckon rubs off on the Hawks this week? Do they do they get one over the Cats because round, of like is this like essentially this is like a Hodgie grand final? Round 23 it will be. The you reckon? Month, the round 23 I don't care who Hawthorne play they will do it for Hodgie. Yeah. This week no. Not doing it for Hodgie no, yet. Not doing it for Hodgie yet. Fair enough. And if that's the mega on sports, but that'll only be paying $30, $40. Cause Hodge, when was the last time Hodge got 30 touches? Yeah, so it's paying 15 bucks at the moment. So. You're getting ripped off. Yeah, fair call. <laughs> um, for mine, I reckon that's a huge unders game. We talked last week about how coaches, essentially after the buy, start working harder on defence, essentially because shootouts become 50-50 games, whereas if you get a nice structured game, um, yeah, 
you're more likely to can try and control that tempo. Obviously, we heard that, like we just explained, that Clark has obviously a flipped the flipped the uh, game style on Hawthorne, but also B is a bloody good coach. He's probably the best coach of the AFL era. Um, and then you know Scott is is proven he's a pretty decent coach. Um, not in the same league as Clarkson, but two well good coaches that have well structured sides will usually mean an unders game. Um, and so yeah, that's probably the for mine the best bet is probably trying to go head to head or something like that. So uh, then <laughs> uh, our perennial favourites, Old North Melbourne, uh, looking after last week's. Did you watch any of last week's game, North Melbourne Fremantle? You yeah. obviously put us on the highlight of old, of old Sticks, Gold, Sticks Goldstein. I saw Goldstein choking. Um, and Captain Courageous Jack Zeeble, who possibly one of the most overrated players in the AFL, um, missed as well. I'll, I'll be honest with you, I had, a, I had Fremantle in a multi last week and I cashed out um, before the game started because I wasn't confident on Fremantle. And when they got up, I was bloody spewing. Um, <laughs> so I was actually cheering on Goldstein to kick that goal but um, yeah nah North North cannot get I can't believe the line's 36 and a half in this game yeah so I'll put down for this that yeah go to, go to the line but at the moment you could still get uh, Port Adelaide at $1.17 just to win head to head and that should be your insurance bet like you could literally put your house on $1.17 and make bulk money because this game should be $1.01 there is like no way that Port loses game at home to the north. Port averaged 61 inside 50s a week. Mm. And Gray, Wingard, Dixon, they need a big win and they need to keep winning, obviously, to finish top four. But if they get another big win, their yeah. percentage goes up again. And this is where Port need to start doing damage in these games. And this is probably the, the start of the, the season where you can probably start being a bit more confident with your your win bets and your margin bets because like teams playing like Port playing North yeah. this is a this is where Port go right we want to play finals we're serious top four home final we need to put these blokes away and North what are they playing for nothing they can't even sort their ruck situation yeah. Magic Door probably play again probably play out full back or something who knows but um, yeah it's North North who cares anyway but Port will absolutely do a number on them and there's a little cheeky little side bet here. We should have had it in what are the odds. But what are the odds that uh, the other Scott brother stays at Ruse next year? If he came to Collingwood, as rumoured, as mentioned by a few people in the media, um, I'll, I'll seriously be done with Collingwood and I'd be almost done with the AFL. <laughs> seriously, it's disgusting. He's, a lot of this talk about Con- Buckley uh, having a premiership team and doing nothing with it. Bruce went to how many prelims? Yeah. Now look at him. Like, yeah. No. It's, and yeah. if he wants to jump ship after doing that, then, you know, I know he said when he first started, I'd want to spend 10 years at one club, then move on, blah, blah, blah. But I think it says a lot about a coach when they jump ship when their team starts going ordinary. So, anyway, that's... Don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, definitely put out that window lots at home. And sort of find their spot in the top four. Now we go across, and this is a very interesting game for mine. Gold Coast, Collingwood at the Gold Coast. What do you got on here after last week's performance against Essendon? Well, both teams are pretty insipid. I've used that word twice tonight. Yeah. The coaches are under pressure. Bucks probably more so, just for the pure clubby coaches. Um, Gold Coast are being looked after by the AFL that's why Mark Evans is up there and Rodney won't be there at the end of the year and the way it's looking unfortunately a little buckly um, even though I think he should stay and there'll be an article later this week explaining why um, I don't want to give too much away but both teams generally overuse the footy uh, Gold Coast are the worst tackling team in the comp so I think we win this and I'm pretty happy well, if we don't win this by more if we get Darcy Moore back and a few other players back from injury that are rumoured, like Howe, and hopefully play one or two kids. If we don't win this by more than four or five goals, just start the EPL season now and get everyone on, because otherwise they even bother talking footy to me next week. Wow. Yeah, I was much the same. There's, there's no real way that like Collingwood should win this. They should win it comfortably. I didn't go, I didn't go for uh, any sort of margin because I have no faith in Collingwood, but they should definitely win this. And to be and to be not favoured in this game, um, 
yeah, it kind of obviously shows the pressure that's on Buckley because obviously all these mad, there's lots of Collingwood fans, obviously lots of Collingwood punters, and they've skewed this line massively. So catching on Collingwood to win, um, yeah, twos is ridiculous for that for these for this team. It's a it's it's a team that has a great midfield, not much else, and against a tie that doesn't tackle, Collingwood by plenty. So then we head into the game, the game of the year, I reckon so far. GWS versus Sydney. What are we doing? Well, GWS only have twenty six players to choose from. Choose from. They had four listed players last week playing their reserves. I don't know how they work their emergencies out and stuff with uh, the game at home, down in Tassie because they literally only had twenty six players to choose from and four of them played yeah, in the, the resis. So I don't know how they work that out. They've still managed to get draw against Geelong and Hawthorne the last two weeks. Probably both games they should have lost. But for them to have so few players to choose from, still be competitive against the top or top team, one of the top teams in Geelong, and probably they, you know, Hawthorne take the opportunities they win last week. I think it's good good on them. But Sydney need to keep winning. As I said before, they can't look forward to lose a game like this. Um, and I think that they win. And they're $2 as well, which is a joke. Like, how they're... I know GWS are flying the top of the table or second of the table, but surely Sydney need to keep winning to keep more... More so to keep the pressure on other teams below them. Um, and GWS are just missing too many players. I know they're talking about Stevie J and Toby Green coming back, but you can't make too many changes. And I'll go into that stat later when we get to Dogs Carlton. Yeah, Sydney for mine as well. Like, I'm all aboard Sydney for the Prem. Like, they, if they, literally if they make finals, they'll, they'll do a dogs and make the finals from the bottom, the bottom four of the top eight. But they'll probably finish, like, they can still finish top four this year. Like, the closeness of this year allows them to make a late run, go into the finals, full head of steam. Uh, as I said last week, I backed them in to kick a big score against Gold Coast because they actually do have a, a powerful, potent forward line now. And they've, and they've grown from a, a side that was very much in, injury-ravaged start of the season to now they've got their full full cohort. They'll kick big scores. They'll tackle hard in the midfield. They're great in defence. Yeah, they're, they're going to win this and they are going to they're gonna be the new the new premiership favourites after this weekend. So. It's another, another coach who's done a few things with swapping players around. Gary Rowan going forward. Mm. Should have kicked a few against Melbourne. One in the game against Essendon when he went forward. And then kicked five last week. Some of the coaches moving around their players late in the year as well has really worked well for them. Then the other game, which has just as much importance, Melbourne versus Adelaide up north. Anything doing in this game? Melbourne actually don't go that well up there. No. I think they, they won their first game was it last year before since 2010 they're missing too many players again same as Joe I think they're just missing too many quality players I mean it, they won't get I don't think they're going to get Watts back this week from what I hear uh, I think they're, they're not, rather not take players that are you know, 89% up to the other springs I'd rather keep them down here and Adelaide were pretty impressive last week in the second half especially uh, Matt Crouch was awesome. Both are one and two in the contested positions in the league, but they play a bit differently. Dees like to handball a lot more, um, and Crows like to go more direct. And they have five less scoring shot, score possessions per scoring shot. Uh, I still think Adelaide have too much on Melbourne, and they want to get him back for early in the year and losing it in Adelaide as well. And again, if Adelaide lose, they could drop the third, or even you know, depending on what you're long doing. GWS do so they want to keep winning and put the pressure on it to have a home final because a home final to them means a lot um, so yeah I just think that Adelaide over 15 and a half at $1.75 is a pretty comfortable bet definitely uh, I want to have a bet on this just because I think Adelaide coming off a very soft game last week and then having to travel has too many question marks against the Melbourne side that's pretty keen on winning Melbourne went over to Adelaide early in the season and did a number on them. I don't, I don't think they'll win, but I don't think there's any value in making a bet just on Adelaide as, as a head-to-head. And I don't have any trust in Adelaide winning against, against the margin, just given the year that they've had where they, they kind of hiccup on games like this, whether it's not winning by that much or winning by enough or having a convincing win. So 
yeah, staying away from this one, but yeah, Adelaide win and yeah, stay in the top four. What's the unders on it? Because I know up there the ball's pretty greasy. Generally, they're not high-scoring games like this. So I reckon the unders margin on that as well would be if it's you know 170, 180. Uh, total game score, I reckon that'd be pretty. Yeah, 184 under. I'll be taking the unders on that as well. Dollar eighty-seven. Yeah, good. Then to another very interesting game because the big clubs obviously have lines that flip-flop with their uh, despairing fans. Richmond versus Brisbane at the G. What's going on here? Well, Brisbane don't actually take a lot of marks inside 50. No. They're only the worst in the comp. Yeah. Average like eight a week or something, six a week. Rance and Asprey won't have this. Asprey was pretty good last week as well. And Rance obviously is gun. They, they, they won't let Brisbane score pretty much. And even, you know, Brisbane have been scoring pretty well lately. Richmond, after after Harwick's comments the week before, saying, yeah, they're still going to get better, blah, blah, blah. Then they come out a week later and get smashed off the park. They'll be coming out. They'll be coming out pretty hard. I think well, you can get $2 for plus 40 on Richmond, which is a joke, because I reckon they'll still beat Brisbane. And if they're any good, like they want to be, they'll beat them like a Port Adelaide, like a uh, Geelong do, and beat them by 40 or more. $2 is the way to go. Yeah. So I'm, yeah, definitely reaching to the line. And the overs as well. The over is only... Uh, yeah, 185. And this is a game that, as you said, like Richmond should do a port on a, on a team here and kick, a, and kick a massive bag. Especially coming back off last week after all the chat, the... The Kane Corns versus Hardwick got ahead of yourselves. This will be one where, obviously, you know, in inverted commas, clubs don't take the media information on board, but clearly they do. And obviously, I reckon Hardwick's got a big old A3 printout of Kane Corns quote put up in the change room and being like, right, boys, have a point to prove this week at home. The uh, Richmond Army will be out there in force, ready for a bounce back, and bounce back they will. So I'm going for the line and the overs, which gives you $3.68. Just be careful. And that would be money for Jen. Surely Harwick was taking the piss a bit, responding like that to Cornsey. Well, I think they, they already have beef anyway. But why would he put his club, give his club extra media attention and probably all they get? They're lucky Colin the boss. Yeah. And they're lucky you know, we're struggling. Because otherwise, yeah, the, that's, the media that's, would That's have, a real chat. Yeah. yeah. But anyway. Uh, heading across now to, again, there's some very interesting matchups. This is probably the yeah, end. Another one, uh, Carlton versus Bulldogs. This game is an unders fest. This game, this game will be interesting, but not very watchable. I don't think. The pressure will be immense. In doggies will want to come out and prove everyone wrong. Carlton have been phenomenal with their pressure. Um, neither team can score. I mean, the doggies are struggling to kick. Like, I think they got the worst conversion rate in the AFL. And like I said, like, like I said earlier, they had. I think they had more inside fifties against than against Port. They kicked one goal seven in the second half. In the second half, yeah. And some of them were just like, should have really absolute chance. Yeah. yeah. And Red Pass pretty much playing a lone hand down there. And I, I have a funny feeling the doggies would bring back Travis Cloak, which he is not the answer. Um, I heard on the radio that um, Water play. Campbell a bit more and let Red, um, not Redpath, um, Roughhead play a bit more of roaming forward, something like that, because, yeah, their four line sh- struggles a bit. Um, but Carlton have taken over a very much Hawthorne sort of orientated game style, possessing the ball, then moving the ball really quickly, and they really pressure you to turn it over and try and get it over the back. With Wood out suspended, and I know the fours from the Blues, like Levi and Kerno, aren't world beaters, but with no Wood, very young, not a great backline of the doggies, yes. and Johannes have been under pressure. We saw what Jenkins did last week. I'm tipping the Blues will win at $2.60. Ooh, big tip. I can't believe that rank outsiders. Yeah. Do- dogs have been ordinary, and I know they're under the pump and everyone's talking them up, but they've been making a lot of team changes this year, each week in, week out. Um, and I've looked it up. So if you've had four or more changes this year. Yeah. It's happened 43 times. It's 31 losses, 12 wins. That's a big mm. one-way sort of slide. 
everything else, if you have three changes, two changes, one change or no change, is pretty much 50-50 in wins and losses. This is skewed massively towards losses. And the dogs are one of the teams that change their lineup too often. Yeah, and that's, you know, I think that has a lot to do with it as well. There you go. Yeah, so for mine, dogs, uh, dogs, Carlton, definite unders here. I think, yeah, as much as Carlton are playing great footy in a game style, I just don't have enough faith in them really to, to go for the win, even as outsiders, even though there's a bit of value there. Um, but definitely unders. Um, yeah, neither team can really score. As you said before, this one's at the G. This one could be wet. This one could be cold. Um, so, yeah, huge unders game. Another of a cheeky value one in the Mega Bets category is Charlie Kuno and Jack Silvani to have two goals each at $7. That's possible. I don't know how many he, how many kicked last week, Kuno. He hasn't, I don't think he's a massive goal kicker, though. But two's not massive. He could sneak two. That's why it's seven and not like three dollars or whatever. Yeah, but, but again, yeah. I think that that's like yeah. your other bet. Should, you should be getting more value than that. Yeah, definitely. They're, they're taking a bit cheeky there, but yeah, definitely the unders there for me. And the final game of the week, West Coast versus Fremantle. Very, very important game for West Coast. And this is ridiculous. Like, p- people obviously in, West, in our Western Australia freak out just as much as fans do in Victoria because this line's cooked. Dockers can still make the finals. I know, but this line's cooked. West Coast, I can't catch West Coast. I tipped them again last week, and for the eighth week, um, tenth week straight, it was I've, I've got. <laughs> did you not? Now. Did you not pick it? Did oh, you not pick it? I gave you the, gave the stats. I gave the stats. You gave the stats, and then you went against it. Yeah, and so, I, so you, so really, they lose this week. They lose. I think West Coast have done it as well. Are they done? Yeah, I'm writing them off first year. Kennedy's back though. Is he back though? I think he's back. Well, he's meant to be back last week. He's meant to be back from three weeks ago, but the docs keep saying no because he hasn't ticked all the boxes yet. Well, I think he's ticked the final box, and I think he's back. Well, even with him back, he hasn't played for how long? A while. We saw how rough Hogan was last week. Mm-hmm. And I kept running out of the ball a bit, and Jonesy just tore him apart. Uh, I'd, yeah, I'm not touching this game. Yeah. <laughs> I hope the Dockers win because then everyone can actually get on the Eagles and start giving them the, the shit they deserve. Yeah. Because I'm sick of them being over in Perth, getting away with it. You can't play Mitchell and uh, Prittis in the same team. Oh, I don't care. Um, yes, I am on that bandwagon as well. And the stats prove why. They beat the dogs without them, and then they go back to them. It's just stupid. Anyway, leave this game alone. Hopefully the Dockers win, because I like watching Michael, Michael Walters and Bradley Hill, which I've mentioned a few times before. There you go. I... Yeah, you just go squad v squad and the Eagles do a number. But we all know that the Eagles are giant pretenders. So, yet again, this this is just again, yeah, don't don't go near this one. Like the line is realistically too short in the Eagles Eagles' favor, but as as you've just said, like they haven't beaten the teams they should have. They're favorites again, and the stats show that they're going to lose. So they're probably going to lose, but I'll probably still tip them because there's no reason not to tip them. Where it is. So on to now uh, everyone's favourite part of the week where we present our featured bets, our best bet, our value bet, our multi-bet and our shout the bar. Uh, What is your best bet for the week, Barrel? I'm just going to quickly go over my... I've still got some shout the bar bets. Someone's live. Alive. Live at, bets. At Wimbledon. Yep. I, week one, I said that uh, Muller would lead the aces for the comp with Lopez. Lopez retired hurt in the first first round. Muller knocked off Nadal and he's leading the aces. Plays Silic t- uh, tonight, I believe. And he's a chance to go through from the quarters to the uh, semis. Um, I also said Rainich would make it pretty far last week and I had him where he could get uh, knocked out Yeah. and the odds only get better from here on in or if you took him last week uh, he's also in the quarters and I also had Conta to win it for the women and she beat Ospinko last night and he's also going pretty far and looks like a, Br- a British lady might might win it so for a bloke Stand who knows, yeah. for a bloke who knows, honestly, very little about tennis, but went through stats and you know that's how he, I worked it. 
Um, I'm doing all right at the moment. Yeah. So it's giving me two weeks. Stats don't lie. Stats don't lie. My best bet of the week is this is going to hurt. Is Collingwood to win? Yep. Now I did say week one. Not to when you say this, don't bet on it. So this is a do not bet on it. <laughs> it's not actually the best bet. <laughs> nah, my best bet definitely is uh, St Kilda Essendon overs. Yep. Uh, it's one eighty three points ninety, I think it was. That's my best AFL bet of the week. There you go. Uh, my best bet is a will be one of the futures like barrels. Wimbledon, it's mines for the Tour de France, and it's the winning margin to be between one and three minutes. And that is the only value you'll find now for the rest of the tour, because mountain stages, too hard to predict. Flat stages, it just seems like Kittle has got it on toast. Froome's going to win the yellow, so what do we bet on? What do we stay up for? Well, A, stay up for the beautiful scenery, but B, um, it's, it's a good enough field that Froome won't win this by five or ten minutes like he has previous, in previous years. Um, but yeah, so but Sky's got a good enough team, Froome's a good enough rider to win this comfortably. So one to three at two dollars fifty, beautiful. That's a great that's a great bet for something that's going to essentially, yeah, ninety percent of it happening. So very good. Get on that. What's your value bet, Beryl? My value bet is again we're probably going a bit to the future, but I've got to, I'll give you two just because I can. Uh, the England women to win the World Cup, the Women's World Cup, they're three dollars yeah, at the yes. moment. Uh, they beat the Aussies. The Aussies are a dying army. They're the only two teams that can win it, and I just reckon the England women will knock us off on at home. Uh, we rely heavily on Meg Lanning and uh, Perry at the moment to score our runs, so I think they will win it. Um, my other value bet is race number uh, four at Caulfield. Uh, the rail at Caulfield out at Carnegie. It's about 10 metres, um, and Winburn will be at the front uh, on pace, and last two runs have been pretty handy, I think. Meets a few of the same field here again from last start. Hopefully hangs on. It's around, I think, 15 $20, so each way value again. Awesome. My value bet is the Sunday game under the dome, just to clarify that, so Richmond versus Brisbane under the dome, uh, we're going for the line and overs at $3.68. Get on new targets. Uh, do you have a multi this week, Bats? Yeah, I do. And I'm, I've left the footy alone since it's too hard this week. And I'm going for a Mick Kent double. Uh, race one, number three, data point. Uh, and race seven, number seven, it's super two. I think they both win. I'm a bit worried about the race seven, number seven. It's a short favourite. You probably get a dollar ninety, two bucks on a day. Has... Ability on the rest of the field, no doubt. Um, it's coming in up against the horse that just retired. They couldn't get a stud deal for a lot of the sky. And there's a smart one coming over from WA for its first race with the, the master DK Weir. But I think this, not fully wound up as mentioned by the trainer, but should still have enough on those. So you get around $2 for Saputo and you get $3-ish for data point. So you get 6 7 to one Race one, number three, and race seven, number seven, just load up, Mick Kent double. Awesome. So again, I've avoided the AFL because, as we said, it's two other picks. So up to the other code, uh, the NRL, and my multi is as followed. Three-game multi for the first three games of the week. Warriors to win by uh, cover the line at two and a half. St. George to cover their line as the underdogs at five and a half. And Brisbane to do a number on Newcastle at minus nine and a half. Um, that gives you $6.96, which is a tasty multi to take into the rest of your bets for the week. And um, those are all are pretty much gimmies. Warriors are playing at home against the Panthers. Um, and there's just some ridiculous numbers in their favour. Uh, yeah, the Warriors have gone... Uh, the Warriors have gone 5-0 and against the Panthers in their last... Um, yeah, five games, and they've covered every game off the uh, off the buy in the last fourteen buys. So they're really, really good, well rested. Uh, St George versus Canberra in Canberra will be an absolute dogfight, um, and yeah, they will just hang on. A whole converted try is too much to give away there. And Brisbane versus uh, Newcastle. New Newcastle are just they're like if Gold Coast and North Melbourne 
got married and had a kid and then they made them play a code they didn't understand. Like, they're just terrible. They're, they're so close to falling out of the league, it's not funny. And 10 is a joke. It should be, you know, 22. In fact, that's the last time. Last four times uh, Brisbane have played Newcastle, they've beaten uh, Newcastle by 22 or more. So utterly ridiculous. Um, so that should be a good multi for you. And finally, you shout the bar bet for the week. I'm going to the cricket. Yeah. Sri Lanka plays Zimbabwe in the first test, and South Africa play, or England plays South Africa in the second test. Now, England absolutely did a number on South Africa, which was quite surprising, even though Vernon had it talking day one. You can't drop catches and let Root score runs, and the wicket deteriorated pretty badly. But anyway, that's that one. My shout at the bar bet is A, Zimbabwe to win, $5.50 yeah. against Sri Lanka, who would, as you know, are just absolutely depleted and have no confidence in other Zimbabwe riding high. But my shout at the bar multi would be to take the draw English Africa into Zimbabwe. You'd get around $20. And if you can, if I jag that, I will be head wobbling everywhere next Wednesday. There you go. Well, mine is going back to those same three games in the NRL, but adding the over and unders to them. <laughs> so we're going to have Warriors at the line and over. St. George to cover their line and go under, which, as I just said, very low-scoring game in a very cold GIO stadium in Canberra. And Brisbane to cover their line and go over 42, which they have in their last five games against Newcastle. That will give you a whopping odds of $30.49. And if that comes off, I'll be wobbling with you as well. It's no the thug odds. It's not, it's not the thug odds, but the thugs didn't even race. These ones are guaranteed to run. Today. So <laughs> head wobbles are at least going to be a possibility. That's all we've got time for this week on One of the Odds. Thank you for another good week there, Barrel. And uh, we'll get back to you next week. See you, mate. Your money and make a stack. Oh. I'll to the next one. 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 I'll to the next one.